This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about mozzarella sticks. That's right. You know, mozzarella sticks would be the perfect snack to enjoy while you watch our live show on May 13th. Yeah, we're Mm going to set up a little concession stand on Zoom. (laughs) uh, And uh, yeah, we'll be selling mozzarella sticks, uh, jalapeno poppers, wings, Mm -hmm. uh, onion rings. Go on. uh, Soft serve. And what happens when you order churros through our Zoom interface? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. We're still we're still working on developing the technology. Uh, okay. We we've got we've we've received some some angel investor funding. Ah. Um, we're, we're, eventually we we want between now and May thirteenth, which is when the live show is. We want to figure out how to have a churro somehow emerge from your computer. God, or that phone. sounds terrifying. Can you even yeah, imagine? But delicious. Yes. Anyway, all right. So yeah, we're doing a live show on Zoom on May thirteenth at six PM Pacific. Yeah. And you can register through the link in our show notes, um, or by going to bit.ly slash spilled milk live twenty one. I already saw someone on uh, on the subreddit say that they're planning to uh, to join us even though it's two AM in the UK. That Thank is you so dedication. much. Anyway, we will uh, we'll be coming to you live from our closets, and yeah. it'll for sure be fun and 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 filled with clothing. Yep. You know what I'm gonna do? I just realized I uh, I'm gonna demo the the laser show device that I'm definitely gonna talk about on this episode during <gasps> oh the live show. Oh my god, this is so exciting. Okay. Anyway, but um, most importantly, most importantly, whether or not you plan to attend the live show, we want you to submit ideas for the topics of this live show because we're gonna do it as a lightning round where. Producer Abby basically is going to pull topics submitted by you listeners out of a hat. And Matthew and I are going to have to spur the moment, do our spilled milk thing on a number of different topics during yeah, the show. Yeah, we're going to spur ourselves on moment by moment. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so send those to topics at spilledmilkpodcast.com. And again, to register for the live show, go to bit.ly slash spilledmilklive21. Did we mention it's free? Oh, it's free. 
All right. Uh, so, Matthew, mozzarella sticks. Memory lane. Memory lane. I mean, we should maybe be eating mozzarella sticks on the live show because we know how our listeners love to hear us chew. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's we got to chew something. There's been like, so much less chewing since the pandemic started. That's true. I mean, there's been a lot of chewing around my house in general, just less of it on microphone. Yeah, yeah. Since we don't eat together anymore. Have you been getting, like, when you do a grocery pickup, like a free sample bag from the no. grocery store? No. Like, this started happening a few months ago, I guess. And, like, sometimes we'll get, like, the same one, like, three orders in a row. And, like, sometimes it's not stuff we want at all, like, you know, like some, like, off-brand energy bar or something. But then most the most recent one had two different kinds of of sugary cereal one was like giant honeycomb and one was the dunkin donuts caramel macchiato cereal which is not bad at all <laughs> you looked so pleased saying that <laughs> yeah and there's still there's one uh, i'm gonna eat one for snack today yeah clearly uh, clearly we're not shopping at the same stores uh because i'm not getting anything free okay well you should definitely like swing down to broadway ufc so you might get one free serving of cereal oh yeah it's gonna be worth it for me to drive across <laughs> yeah. town for that yeah mozzarella sticks mozzarella did, sticks. who who suggested this topic was it me was oh, it a listener? Shoot. Was there a listener who suggested? Okay, look, look it up. I'm gonna look, look it. it up, I'm gonna look that up. Look it because, up because because I think like whoever suggested this is gonna be really pleased with how much experience <laughs> we have and how much we know about mozzarella sticks. Uh huh. Yep. Nope. There's no name on there. I think it was just us. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> so thank you us for uh, suggesting this. I did the quote unquote research for this episode, and wow, was it brief. Okay. <laughs> Here we right. go. So, Matthew, let's let's go down memory lane first. Take it away. Okay, I definitely ate these as a kid. Like, you know, th these are something that would appear like on an appetizer platter, like at a Denny's, that type of that type of thing. So I definitely encountered them in that sort of context. And they were something you could get in the cafeteria when I was in high school. Mm. And so I ate, ate them there also. And then I've just like periodically like run across them here and there ever since. Just like kind of like I'll be like dusting, <laughs> dusting the corners of the room and like, you know, there will be a mozzarella stick. Yeah, yeah. That happens to me, too. You know, I'm glad you mentioned sort of the appetizer platter because I do have, I think, a memory of encountering these, but not at a Denny's, more like at Chili's or Applebee's. Right. Yeah. You know, I think I've only been to Applebee's maybe once in my life. I've been to Chili's. I, I like Chili's. Like, I, if there was a Chili's in my neighborhood, I, I feel like I, I would probably go there pretty often. I loved Chili's um, yeah. when I was like an adolescent and a, a teenager. I remember, so, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, we would wind up like driving a lot of places to, like we, we had long car drives. I think if sure. you grow up on the East Coast, like a road trip is maybe uh, like five hours, you know? But where I come from, to get anywhere, you got to drive like eight to 12 hours. Sure. And so I remember many road trips in my youth driving to like Albuquerque or Colorado Springs with my parents. And Chili's was like kind of the reliable place where you always knew what you could get. And it was totally tasty. Right. No, I remember the first time I went to Chili's saying that, uh, you know what, what I liked about this place is that everything is basically an appetizer. Totally. Yes. <laughs> right. That is such a a good point. Anyway, I think I may have first Which is the same as true of Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Yes. God, yeah. Matthew, I really, you, we, you mentioned gonna, It's going to happen someday. You mentioned it on a recent episode and ever since then I have been like, give me one of, one of those giant margaritas and some boneless wings, aka yep. nuggets. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, got to get the desert heat seasoning. So good. Oh, I don't remember that. God, it's been too long. Anyway, okay. So, yeah, I think that I probably had some mozzarella sticks at a Chili's in my youth. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I don't really remember where I would have had them. It's kind of like French fries, only less common. Like, they just sort of showed up yeah. places, and they didn't differ from one place to another. No, they really don't. But French fries do actually. So that's yeah, a bad, no, I've bad never I've never been but... to a place where that had like a signature mozzarella stick, and I, right? I feel it's certain that must exist. Like why I... why wouldn't you have like a spicy mozzarella stick or like you know a panko crusted mozzarella stick or something? But I've never seen it. Well, we're going to talk more about this in a okay, minute. Okay, great. I do want to say that as I was thinking about where I have eaten mozzarella sticks before, I thought about Schitt's Creek. Matthew, I don't know if you watched all the way through to the final season. No, no. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, like, we need to go back to it because I think, like, we stopped watching at exactly the point when people say, like, if you watch, like, two more episodes after this, you'll be hooked for life. So so we need to give it another try. You know, it's interesting. I was kind of hooked right from the beginning. Okay. And I'm sort of surprised because I'm not usually, like, a sitcom kind of person i mean granted it wasn't it didn't have a laugh track it wasn't like a sitcom sitcom are there a lot of sitcoms with a laugh track anymore i don't know i haven't watched a sitcom in decades i i'm too busy watching things like the endless stream of peaky blinders episodes sure (laughs) by the way last night i finally reached the conclusion that killian murphy would be nothing without his eyes okay i know i know that's that's an actor Yeah, that's my hot take. Anyway, okay, what I'm trying to say is um, on Schitt's Creek, there's a lot of mozzarella sticks. They serve them at the cafe. And I do remember that in season six, I'm not going to spoil it, but Alexis and Ted eat mozzarella sticks, I think with marinara at the cafe while having a really important conversation. Yeah, no, I think I think mozzarella sticks like are a good sort of sort of marker of like, you know, if uh, you know, like a cafe that... uh, like, I don't, I don't want to be like overly critical of mozzarella sticks because I've eaten a bunch of them in the last few days and they were very good. Um, oh, did you actually, but, did you actually eat them in preparation for this episode? I did. Yeah. Oh my God. You you're such a good co-host. Yeah. No. So like such dedication, this guy. <sighs> I love it. Okay. All right. Go on. But, but like if I say? want, if I was like writing a show and like wanted to, wanted to have like a, a diner that, uh, that was sort of like kind of reaching the end of the line, like I would sort of highlight the mozzarella sticks. <laughs> right. Anyway, okay, so let, let's talk about what these things are. Okay. So they're always called mozzarella sticks. Uh, the word fried is never in the title, but it might as well be because the definition of mozzarella sticks is, you know, like a, a pinky finger size length of mozzarella that's mm-hmm. either breaded or battered and fried. So Yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of the size of a, of a Korean rice cake, uh, the cylindrical oh, talk that we talked about last time. I, I think of mozzarella sticks as being a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger, yeah. They're kind of halfway between the giant talk and the and the regular size ones. Nice. I, I love that you made the connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, I love that Wikipedia, I really didn't go much further than Wikipedia for my research here. It's fine. But I love that Wikipedia referred to these as an hors d'oeuvre. I mean, in what context is one ever served a mozzarella stick, like in an establishment that would use the phrase hors d'oeuvre? Well, I mean, that's a good question because I feel like a lot of the things we see on the appetizer platter today, like started out as something that you could like, you know, pass at a cocktail party, like in the 50s or 60s, but but have like kind of filtered down like to what? like now. Don't you think? I mean, are you encountering like cherry tomatoes with like piped 
cream cheese in the middle. I don't like, know if it, what I said like is true platters? at all. I'm just imagining, like you know, thinking about like you know, like uh, what was what was that book called? Like depressing the the like halls of depressing cuisine or something. Um, <laughs> Like oh the gallery of regrettable food thank you um, yes there you uh, that, that, book? that like those kinds of like fifties and sixties cookbooks like I feel like there there could be like a, a mozzarella stick in there like you know pitched as something like you know it's it's European yeah that's okay fair enough what word would you use to describe where these are usually served like it, within a a meal or I mean I think of them as like uh, they're not quite snacks. Because I think of a snack as something that you like reach for to give a kid after school. I mean, are they... they've been eaten as snacks in this house within the last 48 hours. Really? God, I would never open the freezer really for like a snack. <laughs> well, what just... about a bonbon? <laughs> oh, I just... Uh, uh, dibs. No. What about dibs? Oh, my God. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Um, so these are usually served. <laughs> no, with I know a, what you mean. Like it, too, it takes too long to get from freezer to hot long. snack. Oh, it takes way too long. I mean, I'm just gonna like take the chip clip off the bag and put my hand in. That yeah, is but the if stamina you did that with, with, with frozen snack. mozzarella sticks and like left them <laughs> on the top of your fridge, that would be upsetting. <laughs> okay, let's talk about dipping sauces. So I think of these as being served always with like uh, tomato sauce or, or marinara. Uh, but Wikipedia says that you can serve them with plum sauce. Would this be like like a hoisin sauce? Or, uh, well, or hoisin no? sauce is is like a like a it's wheat a plum. based sauce. Like oh, plum okay. plum sauce is like this like the sweeter you know lighter colored one that's that's like sometimes served with like Peking duck. Okay, huh? So tangy. Yeah. Or you can serve them with pepper jelly. Says Wikipedia barbecue sauce. Honey mustard or ranch? Yeah, no, I was definitely thinking about barbecue sauce as I was eating a mozzarella stick the other day. I do think marinara would be my top pick. Because it, like, it creates this like pizza vibe. Right, but like all the other ones sound appropriate to me. Okay, well, Matthew, what do you Whereas think about this? Whereas there are this? maybe some pairings that, were, that would be inappropriate. So what do you think about this? Uh, Wikipedia told me that mozzarella sticks with raspberry sauce is like typical regional cuisine around Albany, New York. Do we have any huh. listeners in Albany who can confirm or deny this? This mozzarella sticks with raspberry sauce. Wow. There's an article about this on Atlas Obscura. Okay. Where they it says they call it Melba sauce. Like peach only, Melba? Only in, yeah, only in one place on earth do these two components combine, upstate New York, namely Albany. In the city's bars and eateries, mozzarella sticks come with fruity, tangy Melba. Sometimes marinara sauce is not even on the menu. <gasps> it seems like this trend started about 30 years ago. Corporate retreat in Albany, New oh, York. I would be up for this. And it, 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 there's a picture. We're going to link to this article on Atlas Obscura. In the picture, it looks like the, this uh, this raspberry sauce is being served with like some house-made mozzarella sticks that look way better than the standard frozen ones. So, Abby, you know, on our, our corporate retreat Google Doc, please add a new idea that is Albany, New York. We'll add that to, yeah. what is it, What White Horse... In the Yukon? Yukon, yeah. Yeah. What else did we did we think of? Where, Winnipeg, where Winnipeg, Detroit. Oh, my God. Abby um, is going to hate us. These are all very cold places. <laughs> Not in the summer. <laughs> no, I think that some of them are still going to be cold in the summer. Yeah, okay, maybe the Yukon, but yeah. I don't think, like, Detroit is cold in the summer. No, no. In fact, we could swim in a great lake. Oh, we could. I love, <gasps> yeah. 
I have I ever swum in a Great Lake? I've like dipped my toe in a Great Lake. I've never even dipped a toe in in, in a Great They're Lake. They're really big. They are. These they are, have these tides. Are very large lakes. Have I, you heard? I, I had They're, no idea. They're great. Yeah, no, but I mean, I know they're they're good quality lakes, but they're also very big. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway. um, And then, of course, there are non-mozzarella cheese sticks. So you say. That just seems wrong. I mean, like, again, Wikipedia told me this, that you can do this with provolone cheddar American cheese. I feel like American cheese would just turn into a pile of goo. Yeah, I want to talk about the texture some. Uh, yeah. Late, yeah, later yeah. on. Because, yeah, okay. I think you're right. I think a fried cheddar stick sounds pretty good. Like, you want to you want to avoid, like, getting the cheddar to, like, where it, like, you know, is overheated and starts to separate, obviously. But I think you're going to use, like, like a, you know, processed cheddar, probably, so it doesn't do that. And, I mean, I've had, have you had fried cheese curds? That seems like a related thing, at least. I don't think I've had fried cheese curds. I mean, they're good. That sounds good. You know, so Matthew, here we are about to enter the part of the agenda where I wondered if Wikipedia was messing with me. (laughs) Okay, you never know. What do you think? So, hold on. I have a... Back what just itch. happened? I have a back oh. itch. That's <laughs> okay. All right. Let, no, no, let me let me like take the listener through this. So Molly just like reached up above her head to grab something that was off camera that turned out to be a plastic clothes hanger, which she is now using as an impromptu uh, makeshift back scratcher. Oh, God, um, it's right between my shoulder blades. <laughs> oh, it's like the part of your back that you can never reach alone. Yeah. Okay. No, no, uh, I know, I know what you mean. That is, that is very frustrating <laughs> when that happens, and uh, and like if only there was a way to turn your camera off. So. <laughs> but it's too late. I already took a screenshot. <laughs> Uh, no and now and now like i'm gonna have like you know psychosomatic back itch because of this and like 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 the whole rest of the i don't i'm not even like within reach of a makeshift back scratcher Uh, i'm just gonna be going like oh that was great okay anyway what i was gonna say is all right tell me if you think this is real so according to wikipedia like the history of frying cheese in a in a batter or f- frying breaded cheese dates back to at least 1393 in medieval France. Okay, <laughs> I mean the specificity of that face. year is a little suspicious. <laughs> okay, when a recipe for fried cheese sticks appeared in Le Ménagier de Paris, and that's which a was, blog, right? It was a blog. Yeah, it was the, the first the first food blog. Okay, uh, it was a medieval like like sort of. I don't know if it was an etiquette book. Wikipedia calls it a guidebook, a medieval guidebook on women's proper behavior in marriage and in the running of a household. Do we know whether this book was written by a dude? Oh, God, I'm sure this book was written okay. by a dude. I mean, like, do we think they were publishing female authors back then? I, think I don't know. They were keeping female authors in dungeons back then. I think I think you're right. <laughs> I was sure that uh, I was getting punked here, but then I clicked on the link for Le Ménagier de Paris, and it, it's an actual book dating to okay. 1393. I don't know. Yeah, but but so in this book, there's a recipe for mozzarella sticks. No, like what? What are the details? Cheese sticks. Okay, are they breaded? So it seems so. In some okay. way, they are. They are like battered or breaded and fried. You 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 buying this? I believe it. I mean, I I think I think it's not implausible. All right. Were they served with with like a tower of onion rings? And, yeah. And like and ranch. 
because that was how to run a household in 1393. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to serve a lot of ranch dressing. Keeps those men happy. Yeah, that's that's what I read in the in, uh, in the Le Ménagier blog. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. how far back does your blog go? Like not not earlier than like eighteen seventy five, right? Uh, no, actually, I started mine in thirteen ninety five. Oh, it was man. highly oh, influenced. Oh, you were just trying to hop on the by, trend. I know. I, I read this blog called Le Ménagier de Paris, mm-hmm. and I was so inspired. So my husband let me out of my dungeon long enough <laughs> to to bring my computer back down there with me when he locked mm-hmm. me up again. Oh, and then wow. I started, this is my favorite installment of the Fifty Shades of Grey series. <laughs> please, st- please keep going. Then I started my blog, Orange Jet, in 15, I mean, excuse me, 1395. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first recipe was for mouse en croute. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> Which is also the subject of next week's episode. <laughs> that was what I found when I was cleaning the dungeon next to a mozzarella stick. I found a dead mouse and I thought, oh my God, I've got a whole meal here. That's great. What did you use for breading? Oh, the dust. The dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The dust that I was dusting for. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, I think I'm, uh, I'm done with this bit now. All right. So let's move on to to the 15th century. What what happened with mozzarella sticks then? Okay. No. But for let's real. Let's just go century by century. For real. Okay. Modern mozzarella sticks. I love this concept. <laughs> the modern mozzarella stick. That's the name of my new cookbook. You can pre-order it now from Spilled Milk Publications. The modern okay. mozzarella stick. I, I mean, I think that could be. It's probably still going on that people like like uh, whip up a uh, an e cookbook like really quickly to like jump in with a popular show or whatever like you know, uh, you know I'm sure like within the first couple of months of Game of Thrones it was like you know Game of Thrones inspired recipes like you know you can cook like Jack Snow or whatever that guy is uh, <laughs> I've never seen the show but <laughs> um, <laughs> okay okay speaking of which by the way. I, we should link to this in the show notes. Uh, this is practically a cute animal you need to know, but it's not. Teenager of the Show December and I uh, yesterday watched um, the music video for the song Holy Diver by Dio, uh, an early 80s metal song, which has one of the greatest music videos I've ever seen. I described the video as, we have $100, some pet rats, and a bunch of cardboard, can we make Game of Thrones? That is what I the can't... video looks like. Oh, and some swords. It's wonderful. And, and the, you know, the song is quite good. Like, Okay. Yeah. Will you link so, to it in the show notes? We'll definitely link to it in the show notes. Holy okay. Diver by Dio. Okay. I bet a lot of our listeners already know this song very well. I was not familiar with it for some reason. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, They've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place 
Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Okay, modern mozzarella sticks, or, you know, as we know them, they most likely came on the scene in the 1970s. And this is because mass-produced mozzarella became readily available in the 60s. And also because new frying technologies for, like, fast-paced food establishments came about around this same time. So this all collided to make the modern mozzarella stick. Do you know, like, what the specifics of these new frying technologies were? No. Okay. Do you? No. Was it a rhetorical um, question? I mean, I, no, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you, do you remember, like, I, I feel like I sort of remember when I first heard the phrase rhetorical question and I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to use this all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. And you've used it um, like 1.5 times since. But Right. But, but I, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I understood it like exactly as you just said to me, like, like a question that you don't have to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I think probably like a couple of technologies that made like modern frying possible were cheap oil blends with, with like, like silicone in them to prevent them from oxidizing quickly and thermostats um, mm. with, with good, really like fine temperature control. That's just, th- these are guesses. These are great ideas. Thanks. These are great ideas. No, the, yeah, these are, these are some ideas I just came up with and I'm going to revolutionize the <laughs> fried food industry. So, Matthew, you know, what kind of establishment do you expect to find mozzarella sticks in? Like, I think a bowling alley has got to have mozzarella sticks. Roller rink. Oh, my God. Yes. A roller rink. Yes. Chili's. Okay. Sports bars in general. Maybe maybe a state fair. I feel like it. I would have been surprised if you had said that these started at a state fair and just became, mm. you know, widespread after after their success at like, you know, the Minnesota State Fair or something. Like if elephant ears just suddenly showed up in sports bars and bowling alleys everywhere. Why don't we see elephant ears more places? Because those I are so no good. Idea. Like, I, I no remember, idea. like, was it at the zoo that I would get them as a kid? There's some place we went as a kid that was like the only place in Portland with elephant ears. And they're. They're incredible. How are they different from funnel cakes? Oh, they're much less crunchy. Like a, a funnel cake, like, you know, is all like craggy and crunchy. But an elephant ear is just like a big, like, you know, stretchable, terrible piece of fried dough. Maybe I've never had an elephant ear. Terrible, not terrible. It's terribly delicious. It's terribly like. delicious. I don't think I've ever had an elephant ear now that you describe it. I think I've only had funnel cake. Yeah, no, no, completely different animals. Okay. Funnel cake, not even an animal, <laughs> some people say. Anyway, okay, so I'm guessing that pretty much every place that serves mozzarella sticks buys them frozen. I think so, or at least I believed that until I saw this photo from a bar in Albany, and I think they might be, like, like breading these in, in-house. Do you think that... This is one of those things that can be improved a lot by making it at home. Or do you think it's sort of like, you know, the improvement is so minor? Let's speculate on this. This is a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it. But I want to, even though I've never made a mozzarella stick. And I I was thinking about doing it before this episode. And I think I should get credit just for thinking about it because I didn't do it. Okay. But 
So I think the cheese quality and the breading quality certainly could be better. Yeah. But would that make the overall experience better? I'm not sure. Do you like, think I that, do kind of want to try this now. You know, it makes me wonder, do you think that some makers of frozen mozzarella sticks, do you think they're using like part skim mozzarella or do you think they're using whole milk? Because Oh, I'm sure it's part skim mozzarella. God, wouldn't it be so much better if it yes, were whole I milk exactly mozzarella? Yeah, I the same thought. Yeah. Huh. Okay, Matthew. Okay, well, I might have to try this. We might have to do mozzarella sticks too. And when we do, when we make the poster for that, the two will be Roman numerals, and each of the eyes will be a mozzarella stick. Oh yes. And can we do this post vaccination so I can come over and eat some mozzarella sticks? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Put that. Let's put this on the list of, okay. of things. Things we're gonna do. So, how do we rank these? compared to other stuff you'd get in an appetizer assortment, like jalapeno poppers or onion rings or fried okra. Do wings fried count? Okra. Fried okra, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so I, I think, like, partly, like, I can't answer this without talking about, like, you know, do I like mozzarella sticks? And the answer is kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay. I, I think I would put onion rings at the top. I love onion rings. You can get a bad onion ring, but when you get a good onion ring, there's, like, nothing better than that to me. Have we done an onion ring episode? think we did we should we should check <laughs> this is this should be one of our segments yeah like dude, have we done <laughs> have we done and that like, and, and sometimes there's no like when we last time we redid our website and made it much worse like now you can't even search past episodes so like it's really increased <laughs> and i don't blame listeners at all it, it, it's increased like the the uh, amount of emails we get from someone saying like you know i think you should do an episode on nachos i got the other day and uh you know i think i was able to make the listener happy by sending them the link to to the nacho episode but also like you made yourself sad i made myself sad because i because i ruined our website but yeah. am i gonna fix it that sounds like a lot of work the thing about mozzarella sticks is i want the cheese to be kind of gooier but not have the whole thing fall apart and there's a real tension there i feel like there's always like a cylinder down the very middle that isn't melty enough okay okay and like and has and has a little hint of like a, a like raw not raw, but like, you know, unheated mozzarella chew to it. Oh. And I'm not a big fan of that. And like, they, you know, they cool off faster than you would expect. So yeah. like, I really want to just kind of scarf that first mozzarella stick and then it's, and then I'm done. So I guess I would say they're kind of in the middle for me. Okay. Like, I'm not a big jalapeno popper fan, even though I do love jalapenos. I don't know. I think I've only had jalapeno poppers maybe like once or twice. And I think that they were. I think it was a while ago before I had the tolerance for spicy food that mm-hmm. I have uh, built up to now. Yeah. I do like an onion ring. Oh, God, it's been a long time since I had onion rings. I do also like fried okra, even though it yeah. always scorches the living daylights out of Absolutely. your mouth. I mean, fried that is like- pickles? You ever had fried pickles? Have I had fried pickles at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings with you? Oh, that's possible. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we got mozzarella sticks once at- buffalo wild wings didn't we yeah fried mushrooms that's something you sometimes see also i think they might have those at like kid valley they're fine yeah they're fine what were what was the thing we were wondering if we've done or not i already forgot onion rings onion rings thank you (laughs) will you look it up i don't think we've done it (gasps) we've done onions we've done pickled onions oh oh my god And and i've made homemade onion rings that were quite tasty oh my god i'm so excited yeah, let's do it. And I have so much to talk about. We can talk about the onion ring tower at Red Robin. We can talk about the onion ring loaf at Tony Roma's. We can discuss whether or not a bloomin' onion constitutes onion rings. Let's start the episode right now. <laughs> I'm 
tired. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Matthew, I think we've already discussed the fact that you would make these from scratch, and I we're going to do a mozzarella sticks, too. Yeah, I'm curious. Now, here's a question for you. So, a lot of recipes that I saw for homemade mozzarella sticks, uh, have you bred them in Italian-style breadcrumbs? I that assume good. that there's, like, oregano involved in this. <laughs> but Giada De Laurentiis throws a little twist in there. She has you bread them in a mixture of Italian-style breadcrumbs and Parmesan, which I think I feel like that sounds... could burn easily, but it sounds tasty. And then Bon Appetit, I have really mixed feelings about this. Of course, Bon Appetit's recipe has you use panko and a whole bunch of herbs and spices, you know, from your your spice drawer instead of using pre-seasoned breadcrumbs. Yeah, that's where I, I feel like there's going to be an uncanny valley there where mm-hmm. like what what you you're you're eating this and it is good. But what what you really want is like the, the junk food mozzarella stick. Like, yeah. I think I think I want. So, well, I bought a two pound box of Kroger frozen mozzarella sticks because that was what they had. And. We're going to get through them because because it's like fried cheese. But yeah, they, they are made with seasoned breadcrumbs. I think there's like a, there's like a seal on the box that's that's meant to look like a like a rubber stamp that says seasoned breadcrumbs. And like, I want to get this as a rubber stamp so I can go around stamping it on things. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun. Oh, my God. What um, wouldn't you stamp? So so what I really want is something that is like recognizably the same thing as that, but maybe a little better. Okay. I think this is going to take some trial and error. Yeah, I think it might. So I saw some recipes that said like you can either take like a block of mozzarella and slice it up or you can use uh, string cheese. <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, I think you could totally use string cheese, but... It seems like it's a much more expensive way to do this, right? Like when they make string cheese, I, I think we did a string cheese episode. We probably talked about this. Like, is there like a process they use to like align the strands of the cheese so that it strings, or like would any mozzarella? They use magnets. I was see. I was wondering if <laughs> if like if a string cheese is the cheese equivalent of a laser, because like in a laser, like all the all the light waves are aligned. <laughs> Or I don't. I'm realizing I don't know if I know what a laser is, but it's it's like it's like a string cheese of light. <laughs> yep, the, uh, okay. the back scratcher is back. <laughs> I don't know what's is that, happening. Is that your your way of signaling me that it's time I don't to know move what's on happening. to segments? It must be oh, wait, like wait, wait. because the season is changing or something. My skin is falling apart. Yeah, do you have a trick knee that tells you when it's going to rain? Also, <laughs> Grandma. Okay, wait, wait, Matthew, yeah. So, okay. So, um, so I think that we both would want marinara. Yeah, for uh, sure. With our mozzarella sticks. And you're going to make this from scratch, right? When you make the mozzarella sticks. Okay. Yeah. And I, I've been totally spoiled. Like I used to be the the satisfaction, but but you're going to have to do it again in in just a minute. Right. Probably. I've been spoiled. I used to be a big consumer of jarred spaghetti sauce. And like, I haven't bought it in ages because I just keep making a uh, friend of the show, Kenji Lopez Alt's pizza sauce recipe. Oh. Uh, which you, you make with a, a 28 ounce can of, of uh, whole tomatoes and uh, butter, olive oil, red, red pepper flakes. 
salt and pepper, sugar, and just puree it and and simmer it. And uh, like it's called pizza sauce, but it's like, you know, the perfect marinara dipping sauce. It's not hard to make. We'll link to the recipe and that's what I will use. Cool. Matthew, I think it's time for some segments. I think it is time. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first segment is called You Scratch My Back. You scratch your back, I'll scratch yours. (laughs) Your back. (laughs) You scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. Yep. Uh, It's a great deal for everyone. Okay, so uh, let's start with spilled mail. All right. This week, we have an email. I almost said a letter, like as though it came in the mail. It's a a letter. It was written with a quill. From listener Etney. When I was a kid, at one point, I made a quill. Wait, is this the letter? No. (laughs) This is just, this is me. This is host Matthew talking, giving you some real talk for teens. Okay, okay. Uh, When I was a kid, like I found like a seagull feather and like stuck a, I, I don't, I saw this on the TV show or something, like stuck a ballpoint pen refill into it to make a quill. And I thought it was so cool. And I had this nasty ass <laughs> seagull feather just hanging around in my room, giving me weird bird diseases. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. Uh, okay, here's the email from listener Etney. Are you ready? Yes. Or do you want to read it? Hey, Matthew. This is the letter. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, you only have a little over a month to finish your Worcestershire sauce before it expires. <laughs> So I, I checked. This must have been something we said on our Worcestershire sauce episode. And listener Etney is correct. Thank you for saving my life. It's time for cute animals you need to know. Or yeah, cane. if you oh if you want to send us a letter, first of all, like you need to use like the the finest fountain pen. What's what's a brand of fancy pen? Mm, does water? Does Mont, water? Mont Blanc. Mont Blanc. What did you say? There we, I was going to yeah. say, aren't there Waterford pens, or is that just crystal? Yeah. Write write us a letter on Waterford Crystal using your Mont Blanc pen. We only accept fancy mail. Anyway, so if you know when any of my other condiments are going to expire, please get in touch. Contact at SpilledMugPodcast.com. That's my point. Okay, Uh, great. Now, here's a cute animal you need to know. This was suggested by Jonesis78 on Reddit, and it's sugar gliders. Have you even heard of these things? I think I'd heard the term, but didn't know what it was. Oh, my God. I think I'd heard the term, but I didn't know what they were. Why are they called sugar glide? Oh, so God, they like cute. to eat sugar, like like nectar and stuff, and they glide like flying squirrels, but they are not flying squirrels. What are a they? A sugar glider, this is according to Wikipedia, is okay. a small, omnivorous, arboreal, and nocturnal gliding possum <gasps> belonging to the marsupial infraclass. The sugar glider is characterized by its pair of gliding membranes known as patagia, which extend from its forelegs to its hind legs. Oh my god, they look like they look like little CGI creatures yeah. that were made for a movie. Yeah, kind of oh, like are, remember when we these did babies? Uh, or, or are these fully grown ones? I think those are fully grown. Oh, there are some babies in the video also. There's a there's a point <gasps> where there's a like a parent with some babies. I see the parent with babies. Yeah. What was the little, uh, the Jerboa, like the little jumpy guys we did a few weeks ago? These are kind of like that. And like, they, they seem like a cute cartoon animal that someone made up, but they're real. And I'm delighted to say that uh, according to uh, IUPAC, these are not currently endangered. They're that's least great concerned. news. Yes. Oh, that's great news. I love, I love to hear it. I also learned while reading about marsupials in general that uh, most female marsupials have two vaginas and two uteruses, and most male marsupials have a bifurcated penis. 
And wow. so, so I was reading this. Wait, and a I was bifurcated thinking, penis. Is this like in that episode of The Office when one of them, like when they learn about uh, male homosexuality and one of them asks, yes. so like, it's that one. <laughs> It's that episode. Yes. Oh, yes. That's great. <laughs> it was it was like, how do you know whose penis opens up to accept the other one? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was reading this and I was thinking, wow, marsupials are so weird. And then I was like, that is very judgmental of me. Like, I imagine like if we were marsupials, we would think placental mammals are so weird. Right? Oh, my God. Seriously. Placental mammals are so weird. Like, like they only have one of stuff that you're supposed to have two of. Like, they don't have pouches at all. Uh, it's really cute in in this video when it jumps off of a like a you know a platform, and you can see it unfurl its membrane. Yeah. Wow, it's really cool. Yeah, it's like get a load of this. Wow, that's super cool. It it's like it has its own parachute built in. Yes, right. And like again, we don't have anything like that, do we? No. What if we do and we just don't know it until we need it? Um, well, time to go jump out of an airplane. All right. So, hey, it's time for Now But Wow, stuff we're into this week. So, you know, I'm actually in the middle of listening to my Now But Wow but it was really interesting and really caught my attention. So this is an episode of the Black Mountain Radio podcast. Okay. Um, and the Black Mountain Institute is a literary center at uh, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And they're the publisher of The Believer, you know, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. Like, literary yeah, magazine, The Believer. There is an episode on the Black Mountain Radio podcast in which they interview the native author who lives here in Washington State. She's a member of the Cowlitz people, Alyssa Washuda. The episode is called Ghost of the Future. And she tells this really interesting and sort of far out story about encountering what she really believes was her future self on oh, wow. like on the streets of Seattle. Anyway, oh, that sounds good. It's it's quite like this. This podcast is, um, you know, it, it's pretty far out. Uh, but uh, I found it really fascinating and I can't wait to get back to listening. So, yeah, so that's Black Mountain Radio Podcast. We can link to that episode, I bet. Yes. I feel like if I encountered my future self, they would just say, like, trust me, you don't want to know. And I'd be like, what? No, tell me. And, and just <laughs> walk off into a crowd. Yep. <laughs> they would walk off out of an airplane and their, paras- their built-in parachute would deploy. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, I did want to know. Uh my Now But Wow this week is Kung Fu on the CW. It is a uh, new one-hour drama uh, that is a reimagining of the 1972 series with an all-Asian-American main cast and a kick-ass female hero. Uh, Watzel and I watched the first episode when it debuted. Uh, by the time you hear this, a few weeks ago. So there'll be a few episodes to catch up on. And it is a super fun show. And on the, 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 my favorite part on the first episode is on the, on the premiere, Kung Fu Master Nikki goes on a date and tells the guy she likes about how she got into trouble while she was basically like on her like gap year in China, um, studying Kung Fu at a monastery. And, uh, like her mentor was murdered by a, by a villain, uh, with a magic sword. And the, and the uh, boyfriend is just like, okay, cool. I can help research magic swords. And we're both like, no, do not bring up the magic sword thing on the first date everybody knows this 
<laughs> that is amazing. And, but it is it is a uh, it's filmed in Vancouver, set in San Francisco, but filmed in Vancouver. So you'll recognize Vancouver landmarks. Everyone on the cast seems like they're having a great time. And uh, this is really like the the first one hour drama featuring an Asian American cast. And it's great. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to know about it. So that's uh, Kung Fu on the CW. Yes. And you can watch it for free at CWTV.com. Oh, God. Cool. Okay. Wow. Well, this episode was really a one stop shop because we gave you uh, cool things to watch and snacks to eat with them. Yeah. And and little and little flying animals to to invite over. I can't Okay, as always, our producer is Abby Circatella. Yep, the CDC says you can get together with up to three sugar gliders. <laughs> but uh, only if they've been vaccinated, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, and uh, you can find us at SpilledMilkPodcast.com, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. If you look at the, the little info window in your podcast player, that's where we link to all the things we said we would link to, like our nows but wow, our uh, cute animal video, a pizza sauce recipe, maybe something else. Who knows what else? Hopefully Abby knows. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe Molly's uh, blog post about about cheese sticks from 1395. Mm -hmm. Fried rats? Mouse en croute. Mouse en croute. Or as some people call it, mouse in a coffin. (laughs) That's right, pastry coffin. That's right, like your first 17... All of your first year of blog posts was about like different things you you put in the same pastry coffin that you kept using over and over. Yeah. Oh God, those were the golden years of blogging. Yep. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We'll scratch your ears if you'll scratch ours. I'm Molly Weisenberg, and I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Boy, did we pull one over on her. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.